shower yourself with self-love. I think it's so important just to build that that belief in yourself, uh, build that love for yourself. I, I always tell people, you want you want to stop caring what other people think about you. Love yourself. Like if you fully love yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest has battled with social anxiety his whole life, though now it no longer controls him like it used to. As he says now, he's the one driving the bus while his social anxiety is just a passenger in the back. Kyle Mitchell shares his journey from his hardships in high school to him stuttering through all 15 minutes of his senior year speech to booking a TED Talk, where he will be a speaker in less than a month. Kyle shows us that even though at one time something may seem impossible, through self-love, daily affirmations, and hard work, anything can become possible. During the episode, he walks us through his three-step process that has helped him and now so many others take back the power and control from their social anxiety. Kyle Mitchell, welcome to the podcast, buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. All right. Sweet, man. Uh, So I was actually a guest on Kyle's podcast. What a guy. It is called The Social Ninjas. Love it. Uh, it's him, and he co-hosts with his buddy Jeremy. Jeremy was also uh, on the Spread Love Movement podcast as well, and it was great, man. It was super fun just to be able to talk to the both of you. And I'm just glad and grateful that now you are on this podcast because uh, I'm excited to learn more about you uh, and just share your story. It's going to be great. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, buddy. So Kyle, uh, on social media, um, right, your handle is Social Anxiety Kyle. And again, the podcast that Kyle um, a co-hosts is called The Social Ninjas. And um, Kyle, man, so I don't, so don't want to speak for you at all. So Kyle is a, obviously a podcaster. He's a coach and a speaker. 
And Kyle has come a long way to get to this place that he is in right now. So Kyle, I know that, you know, social anxiety is something that um, is or was a big part of, of your life. Um, so if you can just give people just a little bit of information, just kind of on your background a little bit and, and what social anxiety, how it affected you uh, in your life. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a, the, a, sh a short story. Um, so basically, you know, I struggled with social anxiety, you know, ever since I can remember, you know, since being a little kid. Of course, back then I didn't realize it was social anxiety. Actually, I didn't realize it was social anxiety until probably after high school even. But yeah, I think what really happened when I really had to like face my social anxiety was when I had to transfer from a really small private high school that I was going to that had about 200 students in it. And then I had to transfer to this very large public school with about 1,600 students in it. And so that's when it kind of like smacked me in the face and was like, Kyle, you can't hide any more, man. Like you got to face it right now. Let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. Um, and I'll just uh, throw this out there. You know, I knew no one here, never been to a public school, you know, don't really know where my classes are. I've never even rode a bus to school. So this was like super outside my comfort zone, like way huge, way more than I ever thought it was going to be. And I remember that first day at school, you know, I got there. And I realized that the bus dropped me off 40 minutes before my first class even started. So, I mean, you know, most kids are going to socialize, hang out with their friends, you know, do whatever. I couldn't do that. I didn't know anybody here. And I surely wasn't going to socialize with anybody because I feared people judging me based on, you know, X, Y, and Z, how I looked, how I talked, whatever it may be. So me, I was like, all right, I got to come up with a plan because I can't just sit in the corner and people judging me, wondering who's that loser. I was like, okay, I'm going to start, just going to walk the halls over and over again. I'm going to do it for 40 minutes till my first class starts. So that's what I did. I, I walked the halls for 40 minutes every single day. And I was like, this will work great. You know, I'm just going to be able to blend in. No one's ever going to be able to tell that I'm just walking the halls over and over again until one day somebody did. They called me out in front of everybody, you know, on the bus on the way home from school. I was like, Kyle, why do you walk the halls in circles every day? And I remember just being like so embarrassed. You know, I had that feeling of that we've all had where your feels like your heart just like drops down to your stomach, right? Mm -hmm. And I just was so humiliated. And from that day on, I would knew I couldn't walk the halls anymore, right? So I would just go into the bathroom, into the bathroom stall, and I would just sit there and I would cry. And I would have these, you know, I'd have all these thoughts in my head, like, Kyle, why can't you do this? You know, what is wrong with you? Why can't you make friends? Why can everyone else can do this? But you're just like this weird kid. And why can't you figure this out? Like, why aren't you normal? And, you know, that's what kind of led me to doing the stuff now and, and trying to help other people out with this. Um, now that I've kind of like, I don't want to say overcame my social anxiety, I like to use the term more of like take back control. But um, now that I'm kind of in control of my own life instead of social anxiety, you know, that's that's the type of people I'm trying to help is especially the, the youth and um, people who are struggling with social anxiety, you know, feeling like they're all by themselves and the, that there's no way out. And that's just kind of a, a small glimpse of my story. On uh, what it was like to have social anxiety. 
Damn, man, that really hits home. I have so much love for you, and I just feel for the younger Kyle who just thought you were super weird and like, why am I the only one who can't do this? It's like that breaks my heart a little bit. And um, it's awesome to see, you know, where you are right now and how much that has changed for you. And everybody, Kyle just shared with me, he's doing a TED Talk in about a month. So to come from just that story to now doing a TED Talk in a month is just totally opposite ends of the spectrum. And me and Kyle were talking before we hopped on, and, and one of the most exciting things or reasons why I wanted to have Kyle on is to show people what is possible. And then Kyle was saying the same thing. That's like, that's why he loves it so much. So he can show other people that like, he was saying before, right, that you thought it was impossible for you to even grow from your social anxiety and get to where you are right now. Um, and it's just, it's really important. Yeah. yeah, right. It's really important, I think, just to show, again, what is possible. And Kyle was saying too, he's like, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm not anything like crazy or special. And like, I was able to do it. So I love, man, that you were able to do it. And now that you are sharing your story and you're helping others, because that's really what it's all about. There's the, um, the story of like the four minute mile, where forever, they thought it was literally impossible to run a four minute mile, right? Like it physically wasn't possible, yeah. you would you would die. And then somebody did it. And that one person just showed that it was possible. And then all over the world, it started popping up and people were running the four minute mile. So Kyle, I love you, man. This just you're, you're helping people understand that like social anxiety doesn't need to or doesn't have to control their life, that you're able to take that power back, which is just huge. And, uh, I, I, you know, we definitely want to make this tangible, obviously, as much as possible. What were just some of the steps and some of the things and practices that you did in order to help you transform from, you know, the younger Kyle to the Kyle that you are today? Yeah, so when I got into college, that's when I really started taking some action on my social anxiety and really trying to find ways to get back control because I, I just got to this point of where like I was sick of this like I remember having this moment like walking into my room of my apartment and I remember having this moment and this voice like inside my head like saying to me Kyle you cannot do this the rest of your life man like you got probably 50 plus years you know hopefully you know living like this like is this really how you want to live like do something about it man let's let's take some action don't take pity on yourself anymore let's let's take some action on it mm. And that's when I started to try out different things. And I kind of, I guess, like accidentally created this three-step process in which I used and I've helped lots of other people use to go from socially anxious to socially confident. Um, step one being shower yourself with self-love. I think it's so important just to build that, that belief in yourself, uh, build that love for yourself. I, I always tell people, you want, you want to stop caring what other people think about you? Love yourself. Like if you fully love yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. I can remember, you know, people or not people. I can remember like me personally, I hated that I was so pale, hated that I have such this white, this so pale white skin. You know, I was always sunscreen lathering up more than anybody. I hated that I had uh, blonde hair, but then I started to develop this self-love and tell myself, you know, I love my pale skin. I love my blonde hair. And the reason that I hated it before is because I thought other people thought I was weird or they didn't like that. Well, what does it matter? 
So I developed this self-love and I started telling myself, you know, I love my skin. I love my my blonde hair. And that kind of, like I said, accidentally started doing affirmations to myself. And now I, you know, more purposefully do it based on what I'm trying to do. You know, I go into my uh, bathroom mirror every single morning and I play some music, but I play music that's going to raise my my body's frequency, like get me hyped up type of music. I always tell people, uh, you know, think of the last time that you watched a movie that had a battle scene in it. Like, think of that music that was going. Like, that's the music I go, that I listen to. That, like, gets you hyped up. You like, you feel like you're about to get into battle yourself. So while I'm listening to that music, I start speaking personal positive affirmations to myself using I am statements. And I think the biggest thing, it's funny because I post this on Instagram today, but the biggest mistake people make with self-affirmations and doing them in the mirror and stuff is not using emotion. And that's where the music really helps uh, come in because it's one thing to like, just say, I am confident. Like you're not believing it. And, but it's, it's kind of hard to believe it when you're not in that space, right. When you like really feel like you're not confident, but if you have like that, like I said, that battle scene music going, it's like, I am confident. Like you can really get into it. Like you should see me do these in the morning. I look like a madman, <laughs> but I feel so good. Like even if I wake up not feeling the greatest after I do these affirmations and I'm like jumping around, you know, like basically screaming at myself in the mirror, like I get hyped up and like, I'm just ready to roll that day. So I think that's uh, step one in uh, uh, taking back control of your social anxiety. And why I make that step one is because step two is to find a baby step uncomfortable challenge, which is not the, you know, the funnest or the most uh, glamorous uh, step coming from someone who has social anxiety. You know, it's uncomfortable to go outside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's, you know, it's filled with fear. You don't know what's about to happen. So that's why I, I started doing these little uncomfortable challenges. And I say baby step uncomfortable challenges because I just wanted to do something that made me feel just a little bit anxious. I didn't want something that was going to be like so outside my comfort zone that it was going to like throw me for a loop and even make me more anxious. So I started with something really simple that, which from an outside perspective, I knew that I did not need to have anxiety about this because I was in no sort of danger. Um, I was in a completely safe environment. Uh, but my brain didn't think so. So it was producing this anxiety. And that was raising my hand one time in every single class. So I started doing that. I started raising my hand and answering or asking a question in every single class. And I was super scared to do this at first. But um, after doing this for like probably about six weeks, just every single day, staying consistent with it, I remove this fear that I was going to be judged or people were going to think I was stupid for raising my hand or whatever answers I was going to say, you know, I, I removed this fear completely. And I actually realized that I enjoy participating, which I never had felt that before. I had just always been that kind of like under the radar, like, don't see me type of person. <laughs> and now I was actually like raising my hand four or five times, like, just because I wanted to. And that's when I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I can do something with this. I'm going to keep doing these challenges. And so I, I kept doing them, kept doing them. And I still do them. 
I've done all sorts of uh, crazy, wild, funny things, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a step two. And like I said, baby step, such an important part. If you're listening to this, don't think you know I'm going to start applying for TED Talks or, or whatever. If you want to be a public speaker, like go speak in front of two people first, you know, then ten, yeah. then twenty, you know, and and just take these little baby steps and work your way up there. It takes time, but it's worth it. And then step three which I think is extremely important to keeping consistent with doing all of this is to reward your effort, not your results. Um, I, I think this is super important because the only thing it requires to go outside your comfort zone is effort. That's the only thing that it takes. These are effort-based challenges. Now, you're never going to know the results of your challenges. I mean, sometimes it goes the way you think it will. And then sometimes like something completely unexpected happens and it's like, whoa, and it can, it can kind of make you feel eh sometimes. I'll give you an example. So like when I was doing those, you know, uh, raising my hand challenge every single day, and I was a few weeks in, I was starting to build some confidence, like, yeah, I can do this. And I remember raising my hand one time. And I like answered this question with like all the confidence in the world. And he was like, no, so I was, I remember just feeling it like, Oh, like I felt embarrassed. Like, Oh, everyone thinks I'm stupid. And then I like brought myself back and I was like, wait, I'm not doing this. My, my challenge is not to answer every question. Right. My challenge is to just to do it. So that's what we need to focus on. And that's why I like rewarding that effort because it helps our brain focus on that. And plus, it's like a nice little incentive. So for me, when I was in college and I started first started doing these, I rewarded myself with playing one hour of Xbox before I started on my homework. I mean, it just takes simple little rewards like that, you know. Um, but I've also, you know, done stuff like you know, rewarding myself with a, a special, you know, Starbucks coffee, um, so stuff that I don't usually do for myself, or even like a twenty minute Netflix break in the middle of the day, you know, whatever it may be. But I, but yeah, those are basically my three steps on what I did and what I've helped other people do. Yes, Kyle, you're awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was literally getting so excited throughout that entire thing. And those, because those steps are so good. And that coming into this conversation, I'm like, like what, like what did you literally, I'm like, what could he have done? Like, what do you do to help get yourself um, on the path that you're on? And literally being, being able to do a TED talk. You know what I mean? It's just like my mind is blown by who you are in like the best way ever. And these steps are just fantastic. Yes, number one, self-love. Thank you, Kyle. Everyone, practice more self-love. If you have social anxiety or not, self-love always. You're so deserving of it. You you are. We all are. And the positive affirmations too, buddy. Oh, so good. And it's like everybody, it's like do what works for you. Right. You might think it's like a little silly that you're in your bathroom, like jumping up and down mm -hmm. with the music going. But like to me, it's like not silly at all. It's like brilliant because it's what works for you. You know what I mean? So you embraced yeah. it. You didn't let like maybe like the silliness of it to allow you to not do it. You embraced it. And like look what it's been able to do for you. Huh. Right. And I, I love the part too, Kyle, where you mentioned like you can't just be in the mirror. Just like, yeah, you know, I I'm confident uh, I love myself. Uh, I can achieve anything. It's like you have to feel the emotions. You have to believe it. 
And with positive affirmations, uh, like a lot of pushback people will, will kind of say in the beginning is, well, like, what do they mean if I don't believe it? And that's true. They really don't mean much if you don't believe it. But if it's something I feel like that you do every single day and you get your energy up and you get excited about it, that's how you begin to believe it. And you might not in the beginning, you might not for the first few weeks, first month, first two, whatever it might be. But I feel like if you stay consistent with it and you get psyched up like you get about it, it's like it's it's just it's so possible for you to embrace those things because in reality, those things are true. It's just that the positive affirmations that you say, everybody, they are actually true. It's just our mind, our ego, our fear and doubt that tell us that they're not true, that make it different, right? That make it difficult for us to believe, but they're true. And it's just about us actually accepting them and embracing the truth of what they are. Uh, so I'm just a huge, huge fan of self-love. I'm so glad that you brought that up as one of like the, the huge steps and tools that you took and that you use uh, in order to help yourself with your social anxiety. Yes. And then the baby step out of your comfort zone. And I love that too, right? A baby step because you don't want to right, apply for like a TED Talk if it's like your first thing that you're doing because it's, it could seem overwhelming and daunting. And it's actually the exact opposite of what you're trying to achieve, right? Because it just kind of pushes you down and, and makes you feel even more fearful. So I love that, man. Baby steps. And it's so cool too how your baby step was raising your hand, right, in class. And I remember when I was in class too, like I didn't ever want to do that. That was like, that made me nervous. And the yeah. fact that you, that you jumped forward, you did it, and then you pulled a total 180 where then you actually started to enjoy doing it, right? You, you, like you liked answering questions and you liked being engaged in, in the conversation. And that just right there shows you too that, you know, if we take that leap sometimes – and we choose love over fear because if you chose fear, you would have been fearful and never rose your hand and, and, and just stayed quiet. And that was choosing fear. But you chose love. And when I say love, it's not the romantic love. You chose love in yourself. You know what I mean? You chose to be happy in those moments. You chose to not choose fear. And the opposite of fear is love. And then that choice, look what it gave you. You know what I mean? And those things are just so powerful and so special. Every time when we can choose love over fear, it opens up the universe to us. There's like an infinite realm of possibilities that can exist. And your story is just great because it, it shows that when you do choose that, look what can happen. Look how confident you can become. And look how you can actually enjoy that thing that you once felt fear in because you actually were able to face it and then, and then get through it. Yeah, I mean, it just uncovered things that I didn't realize that I really enjoyed. Same, same with public speaking. Like I said, I used to hate it, hated public speaking. Yeah. I love speaking. Like I can't think of like a one thing that like provide provides me as like, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that exactly, but it gives me like as much joy as like how I feel after getting done doing a talk or speaking to a group or some students or whatever. Like the, the feeling that I get from doing that is like overwhelmingly awesome and I'm just like, man, I am so glad. Like I went outside and I started talking to 10 people first and I just kept doing these baby steps towards it. Cause I, I didn't realize I would really love doing this. I was just telling myself, like, I hate public speaking because, you know, self-affirmations work both ways. If you tell yourself you hate it, you hate it over and over again, or I'm not confident over and over again, your brain's going to start to believe that too. So true. That's so real. Right. And that's why positive affirmations and self-love are so important because, right, the exact opposite of that 
that that just that becomes true too. It just implements itself within our being of I'm not good enough or I hate so or I hate public speaking. Well, it's like your affirmations are going to become your truth. So it's cool that it's our choice and we get to choose which affirmations we want to allow to become our truth. And then Kyle, just every oh God, Kyle, you're everybody out there <laughs> know that you're brilliant and amazing and anything is possible because Kyle, I'm sure there was a point where you what you just said about social about um public speaking probably at one point to you was impossible. Oh, yeah. Right? Like literally the exact opposite of who you were at that point. So just like everybody, everything is possible for you. Whatever you're feeling right now, there is a, a point in a time where you can feel the exact opposite of that way. You just have to believe in yourself and love yourself and follow some of these steps that Kyle is doing as well or follow the steps that work best for you and try things out and see what works. But it's like, that's why... Again, man, your, your story is just so powerful because it, it sh again, it shows people what is possible. It takes the impossible and removes it and allows things to be possible, which is to me is like one of the greatest gifts that can be given to anybody because it just opens their mind and their door and their life to a million different things that were completely closed off and shut off before. It's like if you continue to choose fear and you continue to reaffirm that you hate public speaking and you hate it and you hate it and you hate it, those are obviously negative emotions, right? To say, I really hate this thing. I don't like this. It makes me feel negative. It makes me feel down. Nobody wants to be in that, in that place. I understand that it's difficult to come out of it. I'm not saying it's the easiest thing, but I'm just saying there's such a reward on the other side. And again, when we can choose love over fear, that's just another example, Kyle, that you chose love in that moment. You chose, again, to love yourself. You chose to just take a leap somewhere else and stop staying in the known. Like when we stay in the know, nothing else can happen. Like if you stayed there, you'd still be in the realm of uh, public speaking is terrible. I'm awful at this. I can't do this. And you're a captain. That's exactly the box that you put yourself in. But when you jump into the unknown, look what can happen. This is something that you love. And not only is it something that you love, which is whew, incredible on its own, what it's done for you, but now look what you're able to do for other people too. And if you had chose fear, you would have, you would have, kept this gift from yourself and from the world. So, and that's what I mean to everybody. It's like, it's bigger than outside of just even you and outside of yourself. By us using fear in these moments, it's not only us who it's affecting. We're robbing people the beauty of Kyle. We're robbing people the beauty of his gifts and his mind and who he is, right? So it's just, I love that you you chose to, to take that leap and um, you didn't allow the fear to keep you in that box. You allowed yourself to move away from it and show people the gift and bring this light into their lives. So it's just like, that's why I get so excited about it. It's so awesome. And then uh, just the third thing too that you talked about, buddy, I love this too. reward your effort, right? Not the result, which is a message that I think in, in every realm needs to be accepted more really right? Yeah. We, we're so predicated on our result. It's like you could have done all these things, but it's like, well, the result didn't go the exact way that I thought it was supposed to go. So now I feel like a failure. When it's like, it's, it's not that it's your effort. It's what you're giving into it. It's your energy. It's your commitment. It's your discipline. It's all of those things that really, really matter because the, again, the result is predicated on whatever we think it's supposed to be. There's one thing 
And if it doesn't go that one way, we're like, well, that didn't work out. All that effort was worth nothing. And that's just, uh, to me, it's just like not the case at all. The fact that you are, are able to do these things, that's the goal. Like that, that's your achievement. Who cares about the result? Who cares that when you raise your hand, you got the answer wrong? That didn't matter at all. Like at yeah. all, the fact that you just raise your hand and put yourself out there, that is all, that's all that matters. Yeah, man. Those, I love those, those three steps are, uh, are really great. And um, I, I also wanted to ask you too, so you mentioned this in the beginning. And when I was talking to Jeremy too, he mentioned something very, very similar where it's like, right, you don't feel like you're over, you don't want to say like you're over my anxiety, right? Because you feel like within you, so I guess just, I guess if you could just explain that a little bit more that obviously you've come a very long way, but you feel like you're not still over it. So like, what is the difference of where you were then to where you are now? And what is your relationship now with anxiety as opposed to what it was uh, back then? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you asked that. So, and I'm sure Jeremy explained this in a similar way because we both, <laughs> we've talked about this quite a bit. But uh, I believe that we all have different parts of ourselves, just like we all have like an anger part, you know, a sad part. Uh, I imagine like little little human beings inside us that like represent these uh, different emotions. And I think we all have it an anxiety part, a, a social anxiety part. Um, the difference between me now and you know ten years ago was my social my social anxiety part was in full control. It was driving the bus for me, whereas now like it's sitting in the back seat. I got my my self conscious self. You know I'm I'm the one driving the bus now. Now sometimes does it want to creep up and be like, hey man, can I drive? I'm like, and you know, that's okay. It's going to happen. And I don't just like smack it across the face and be like, no, get out of here. But I just like, <laughs> I talk to it just like I would a friend. Um, and I, you know, I, I give it a name and, you know, I, I talk to, it, I say, you know, Hey Lloyd, I, I like to use Lloyd cause that name makes me laugh. No offense to anybody named Lloyd, but, uh, so I say, Hey Lloyd, you know, I appreciate that you're trying to help me out. Like, I know that's what you're trying to do. Like, I understand that you feel like I'm not safe. I promise you, I am in a safe environment. I don't need protection right now. Like, seriously, man, you can just go chill back there and just like, hang out, man. Like, you're welcome to stay, but just like, go hang out. You don't need to drive or anything. So just go chill. So that's, that's pretty much how I see it. So anytime I feel, you know, any sort of anxiety. Now, I'll say I don't have a whole lot of like social anxiety that comes up anymore, but general anxiety. Yeah, surely. Yeah, I definitely have stuff that happens with that. Um, am I going to be a little anxious right before, you know, my TED talk? Sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure I will be a little bit, but I'll just do what I just told you. I'm just going to talk to my anxiety, go out there and just be like, I love myself. I'm just going to put in my full effort. You know, if I if I mess up, that's okay. And I'm just going to put in put in my effort and that's all I can do. I've I've worked the steps all the way up to this point. Like I've prepared for this so much. I've done everything I can. Why would I get mad at myself if I were to, you know, mess up and, and screw up? You know, I'm just going to continue to love myself and just go on from there. Yeah. So I'm just going to continue to love myself because no matter what we do in life, right? If we fail, if we quote unquote fail a little bit, I don't even believe failure is a thing. But, um, you know, if we do something that we didn't think is our best self or whatever, it's like those things don't matter. It's like 
just we have to love ourselves always and forgive ourselves in moments. If like we're trying our best and we're doing really the best that we can, to me, that's all that matters. And you going giving the speech, you're going to crush the TED Talk speech. But going into it, right? Yeah, buddy. And going into it, if, you know, any speech or anything didn't go the exact way that we assumed or thought it was going to go, that's no reason to beat ourselves up. That's no reason to take away our, our own self-love because we're still worthy of it. Just because this little hiccup doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things and is no reason or excuse that we need to remove our self-love. And Kyle, I love that you, it's so great that you call it a, you call it a name because with that, you're separating yourself from the anxiety. You're realizing it's not you. Yeah, it's a part. (laughs) Yes, it's a part of you. It's not all Kyle. And um, a lot of times what we'll do, we'll identify ourselves with a part of, of, of our being, a part of our personality. And then when we identify ourselves with it, well, then that, that's who we are. Like there's nothing else that we, can, that we can be because that's simply how we look at ourselves. But that's, it's brilliant, man. When you can take a step back, realize that it's actually not you. And that's the powerful thing in it too. You're giving it another name. So then how could it be you if you're calling it something totally different? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just chilling with me. (laughs) It just rides the same bus, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) It's just this other guy who's like kind of chilling there, but like isn't in control. He's just there. And Kyle, like you're in control, right? You have the ability to see yourself as separate from from that part of you. And you're able to remove yourself from it. It is... uh, I, it's honestly, it, I think that can be used in, in all walks of life. Anybody dealing with an anger issue. The guy used to have a really, really bad temper when I was, when I was younger for a lot of my life. And I identified myself as being somebody with a temper. Like there, I couldn't separate the two because that's just who I was. That was it. Like there was no, there's here, there's Justin. And then there's the temper. It's like Justin and the temper are one. They are equal. There's, there's no difference of them at all. And this is crazy, man. I was talking to literally my brother um, and his partner, Annalie, last night. And we were, he was talking about um, pages or uh, a part of uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. And uh, he was talking about in like raising children that, uh, and this is from Tommy, he was telling me, in raising children when a kid, you know, will kind of freak out um, and have like a little scream fest, uh, or just feel really overwhelmed. It's like having, asking the child to give that a name and draw a picture of what that version looks like, right? Because it's teaching them to not identify with that part of them, to understand that that's actually separate of who they are. That's just this little thing that can come in from, from uh, time to time but it's not who you truly are. And literally, man, when he, when he was talking about that last night, my mind like blew because I could have really used that growing up with this temper. And I literally saw myself in my younger years. That would be such a gift. So thank you for sharing this because this is such a gift to share with people that we're actually able to separate ourselves from that thing. And that would have changed my entire world and my and my whole experience because there was a time too, Kyle, where I I thought it was impossible to remove myself from having a temper. 
because it was me. Like, how can I, you know what I mean? Like in yeah, that version yeah. of my thought, how can I remove it if it's just who I am? <laughs> yeah, that's just a part of me. That's just who I am. That's how I was born. Like, uh, I hate those statements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? And 99, I would say probably like 99% of people do this and don't realize it, but they identify themselves with their emotions by saying, I am sad. I am angry instead of like remove that am that's another like negative uh, self affirmation say feel instead I feel sad that's a temporary thing right but if you are sad if I am sad that's identifying me with being sad yes. so that I mean just super quick tip like for yourself like catch yourself even I catch myself doing it sometimes where I'm like uh I'm you know I'm nervous about this like oh no no I, I feel nervous about this and that's okay. It's okay to feel that emotion, but just don't identify yourself as that. Yes. Thank you, man. I'm going to use that. That is huge. Because in all of our life, right, we say, I am this thing. I, right. And that's, not, I, I am sad, or I am angry, or I, I am frustrated. And yes, Kyle, thank you. It's like, it's not who we are. It's yeah. not who I am. It's just what I'm feeling in this moment. It's just an emotion. It's literally energy in motion that is in me right now that will eventually dissipate and move out of me. It's energy that will shift away from me. And it's not who I am. It's just how I feel in this moment. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, dude. And that's just so profound because when we identify with our sadness or with our anxiety or with our frustration, all of those things, there's no detachment. We just, it's like, it's literally, and it's saying it so clearly now when it's like, I am mad, I am angry. It's like, you were literally saying that's who you are, right? And that's just the vocabulary that we normally use, but it really, you're affirming that that's actually who you are. Not just this fleeting moment, not just this feeling. You're saying out loud that that's, that's who and what you are. You're not Justin, you're not Kyle. I'm, you know, I'm not Justin, I'm angry or I'm mad yeah. or I'm sad. And it's like, no. Ah, things like this are great because it really mm -hmm. is like those little shifts in our reality and just those little shifts in our speech that change everything because our speech is so, the words that we say, the thoughts that we have are so important. They create our reality. So that's like, you can grasp how important that is when we fully understand that whatever we say and we think literally creates the world that we live in. It creates what we're seeing. And when we know that we can make just that small little shift of a word, literally instead of M, you say feel. And it just opens up everything and can change everything and help you disidentify with those negative feelings and beliefs because they're not actually who you really are. And I think- yeah, I love it because it's simple. It's, it's such a such a simple thing to do. Now yeah. the hard part is actually bringing awareness to it. So hopefully now that I've told you this, yes. if you're when you're listening, you know now you'll catch yourself next time you say it. It's bringing awareness. That's, that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. Like just like you said, and like I said, like 99% of people do this and don't realize they're doing it because no one's ever said anything to them about it. Everybody says that. Everybody says I am sad or I am angry at you. Blah 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 blah. You know, it's, but yeah, just doing that little shift. And I hope that if that's the one thing you get out of this podcast, then I'm grateful because that is a, a huge shift. So instead of feeling angry all day by saying I am, 
you'll you'll you might notice that when you say I feel angry, that it's much more temporary because you're not identifying as it. Dude, I I I always say that more than half the battle is just the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Because you 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 can't fix anything and or, or change anything unless you're aware of it. You know, like obviously, but it's like really important to say that and, and for us to really grasp that because I wasn't aware that I was doing this until right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I wasn't even aware that I was saying I am sad and all these things until right now. So that is, it's more than half the battle, just even being aware. And now that this awareness is brought into our lives, now we can start to implement and to make a change and to start differentiating ourselves from that. And I think what's really important too is that now that we're aware, right, that is massive, massive step one, but then not to beat ourselves up when we don't do it, right? So the next time where I, or maybe the next 100 or 1,000 times, because I'm, I'm growing and I'm learning each time I'm doing this, but say the next 1,000 times I say, well, I am. I am this and I am that. And it's like, as long as I'm able to catch myself, again, that's the awareness. So that's everything. So even if I say, you know, I am really sad. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay. Actually, wait, wait. No, I remember my conversation with Kyle. I am not this thing. I feel sad. And okay, cool. And there we go. So it's just important to not beat ourselves up when we're learning something new, when we're bringing our awareness into something new. Like, again, self-love, be easy with ourselves, right? Again, we've already hit a huge, massive step in just being aware. So when we stumble, it's okay. It's like literally okay. It's so counterproductive to be like, oh, I messed this up again. Oh, I'm never going to get this right. I said I am again. It's like, that's so counterproductive. We have to just forgive ourselves. And that's a form of self-love, right? Self-love isn't always just saying like, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of, of this part of self-love, of positive affirmations and saying we love ourselves and saying that we're good enough and that we're valuable. That is a massive, massive part. But self-love is also forgiving ourselves in these little moments and not beating ourselves up and making it worse than it actually is because there's nothing wrong or nothing bad about it when we stumble at all. It's just trying, you know, it's just next time. It's like, okay, cool. Well, all right. I missed it that time. That's fine. But every time you miss it too, and you're aware of it, you're bringing your awareness more and more into it. So you will just get better as time goes on. Yep, absolutely. Damn, Colin, what little gifts, man. You were just dropping all over mm -hmm. this podcast right now. <laughs> um, Kyle, how did, you, how, did you get the, how did you get the TED Talk? How did this come into fruition? How did you manifest this into your life, man? <clears throat> well, um, like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier was I did baby steps, obviously, <laughs> to get to here. I mean, my first one was, or I knew I wanted to speak and I, I knew I wanted to do a TED Talk. So I put that on my vision board. I knew I, I wanted that. So, but I was like, you know, obviously I can't go straight to it because I've never spoke before. And the last time I did speak was I stuttered through my whole thing in high school. So I was like, okay, I'm going to speak in front of 10 people. Met this guy at church, ran this little organization that helped um, impoverished teens, spoke in front of them. And there's like 10 teens that I spoke in front of. So I shared in front of them. Um, then my mom, she works at a hospital. They were looking for a speaker and <laughs> Uh, what do you know? They're look there on the theme of like um, mental wellness and they needed a speaker. So I got to speak in front of like 30 people there. Then I just started finding some other little gigs and I got to speak at the school where I spoke in front of 600 people. And so I just kept baby stepping it all the way up. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for Ted talk. Like, let's go. <laughs> and so, um, well, 
what one big thing was I was telling myself I was a TED talk. I was a TED, yeah, a TED speaker for a year before I actually ever came one. That was an affirmation. That was something I said to myself in the morning every single day was I'm a TED speaker. I'm a TED speaker. And I, and I said it with emotion, not like what I just said right now, but, (laughs) and um, what I did from that from uh, for about a year was every Friday I applied to five, five TED organizations to speak. So I did that for about a year and yeah, I I eventually landed one where where my message fit with the theme and I I got in and I I knew I would get one as soon as like, I was like ready for it. And that's, that's how I see it was, you know, I wasn't ready for it at, at the time when I first started doing it, or these weren't the right spots for me. But once the perfect one was there for me, once I was mentally ready and a spot to take it, it was going to manifest itself for me. And, you know, and then it did. And when I got that call, <laughs> I can't explain to you the emotions that I went through, but I, I did take a, a video of myself like right after the call, because I just wanted to like share my vulnerability with everyone else. And like, how big of a moment this was for me. And I, I was just crying. Cause like I said, I, I stuttered through my whole senior speech in high school. It was like a 15 minute speech and I stuttered through it, the whole thing. And now that I get to go do a, a Ted talk in, you know, less than a month and it's, um, it's, it's, it's quite, quite the right. It's sometimes kind of hard to believe. It's like, dang, man. Um, man, you really came a long way. Like I, sound, I like to like look back a lot of times just so I can remind myself, like, look at the greatness you are coming into, man. Like you are the greatness, like let's keep going. And uh, honestly, uh, when getting that, um, it scared me a little bit just because like the, the fear of the unknown. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, you know, fear, fear of success. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I never understood that. I thought that's stupid. Why would you be fearful of being successful? That makes no sense at all. I'm not fear of my, I'm not fearful of my goals, but I understood it in that mo- I, I Once I got the Ted talk, this was something recently for me um, that I really had to bring awareness to is I realized that I was, I was having a hard time getting up in the morning. I was having a hard time doing my routines, doing these affirmations, doing the things that I've been doing that make me feel good, that keep my mental health at an optimal level. I was having a really hard time with this. I'm like, why can't I, what is going on? Like, why am I having such a hard time? Like, I love doing this stuff. It's not like I was, you know, I was, I was losing my passion for it or anything. And that's when I, I realized I was like, this is what fear of success is. I feel scared right now. Mm-hmm. I feel scared of the unknown of like, what's going to happen after this? Um, what, you know, what's going to happen after my Ted talk? Cause this in, in my mind now, like this is the stepping stone to like me speaking full-time my career. I'm quitting my job after this and I'm speaking full-time. I'm going to travel the nation. I'm going to speak to schools, businesses and share my message with gaining social confidence and how much of a blessing that is. And that was, that was something I was scared and that I took, like we, like we said, I had to develop that awareness to realize I'm fearful of what's about to come after this. I'm fearful if I can handle it. And once I realized that I had that, that I had those thoughts happening right now, 
and that I was fearful of doing it, then it was like, okay, I know how to handle this. Let's do some, let's do some self-affirmations. Let's keep talking to myself. Let's build myself up. I started add, adding, you know, affirmations before I go to, before I go to bed. I started doing my, my visualization practices again and started visualizing myself, you know, actually doing the TED talk, visualizing myself, you know, speaking around the nation, traveling. What, what am I, what am I feeling like that? Or what am I feeling while I'm doing that? I start visualizing, you know, those emotions so I, I can realize, like, I have nothing to be scared of right now. This is what I've worked for. Like, this is what I've worked for th three years at this point is building up to this point. Like, you've worked way too hard and put way too much time into this to stop now, dude. Don't let fear of success stop you. Like, let's go. Let's embrace the unknown. So instead of being like, I feel scared about this unknown like I really don't know what's gonna happen like now my mindset is like I'm excited about this I have no idea what's about to happen after this TED talk and I'm excited about it because this is what I've been working for and who knows what's gonna happen so I'm I'm honestly just like super hyped about it yes man right it's being excited about the unknown not being fearful of it right just being like I don't the unknown to me is like it's so fun because it's just, it's different than where, than where you are right now. To me, change is fun because, well, first off, change is always happening. It's literally the, the one constant of our lives. It, it, in every single second, every blip, things are changing. And to, to be able to like hone in on that and be excited for this new change and be excited for the unknown, right? Like how liberating was that for you? How much did that just change everything about how you viewed moving forward? Oh, that changed everything right. like i said this is something that's very recent so like i don't know the past month that i've like about a month ago today was when i realized it and then yeah like i said i made those steps and i said you know i don't i don't feel scared about this i feel excited about this yeah. and once i made that change and started implementing you know my routines back in my life you know then I, i'm on a, i'm on a, i'm on a different level now i, I don't feel that way I'm not working every day, waiting till the end of the day so I can go to sleep and stop feeling that fear. Like I'm working through the day and just in the moment and excited about the moment. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the TED talk, but, you know, I'm trying to just experience every moment and just have fun with it and realize wow, I'm living my best life right now. Like, let's go. <laughs> yes. And, and in that, it's, it shows that we have a choice. We, we can choose, right? We can choose to feel really anxious and scared about the unknown and what's coming or, and you showed that exactly that it's a choice, right? You, you were choosing that for a little while and then you chose, and it doesn't happen in a second, right? It doesn't, I'm not saying this is easy. You had to work on yourself and do these things and, and bring back in your practices in order to get there. And then you were able to choose to feel excited about this coming and be stoked about it and just see like endless possibilities of where this can go. And again, when we can change our perspective and we can realize that we actually have a choice in these thoughts that we have, and you can go like, just, just think about like what, what a difference that does for your vibration and your energy and your every single day when in one moment you're like, oh shit, like what, oh my God, like what's going to happen with this? Where's this going to go? I'm freaking out. I'm scared. I'm nervous. Like, you know, everybody, like none of us want to live like that. None of us want to live in fear. 
and, and, and scarcity, negativity, right? I understand that happens to us sometimes, of course, but it's not what we, none of us actually want to live in. So when we can actually break ourselves out of that and choose instead to feel positive about this upcoming situation, and again, just to be really excited about it and looking forward to it as, as opposed to dreading it, we're living in just a much more positive, loving space and, and a much happier space. And again, like, isn't that just what all of us want? is to feel good and to feel happy. And that is the most important part about that is that it is a choice. And it might not seem like it is a choice, like when we're super low and down, you're like, I don't have a choice in this, but you do. You just, you do. And Kyle, I just, all the congrats and all the love in the world for you, for you getting this TED Talk, for it being on your vision board, something that you visualized every day for a year, and now that it's manifesting and it's coming to the life that you live into your reality, man, it's so awesome. And I feel so good for you that you were able to achieve this. And um, I yeah. just, <laughs> good for you, man, for real, man. Uh, I, it brings me such happiness to see this come into fruition for you. You know what I mean? For this to be, and you, and you keep going back right to that high school speech and like, geez, man, like what a journey from that to here, right? That literally during that speech, it could, again, could have seemed like a complete impossibility for you to be in the world you're in right now, giving a TED Talk in less than a month. And I'm also just a huge fan of visualization. Like everybody, you're trying to manifest what you want in life meditate on it, visualize it. And like Kyle said before to feel it, like feel the emotions of it happening. You can't just sit there and be like, cool, I want to be a TED talk speaker. All right. You know, I want to do this. And then that it's like, visualize yourself, whatever that is in this situation, being a TED talk speaker. Cause I do the same thing, Kyle, my dreams and goals are to take this movement on the road and do speeches, you know, uh, in person. And then online because of the, of the world that we're in right now. But that is, and that's something I visualize every single day. And I feel myself on stage giving speeches. And I feel myself connecting with other people and being with them and feeling their energy. I envision myself coming off the stage and hugging people and just being with them in that energy and that vibration. And it's what we feel, that's how I fully, I truly believe that we, we manifest in it and actually bring it forth and, and bring it to us is you, we can't just say it again. You can't say, okay, this is what I want. We have to put ourselves in that vibration and in that feeling. And I feel like that's really just truly how it comes. Like Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about that. A lot of like spiritual teachers will talk about that as well. And it's something that kept coming up. I would see it in like a speech or I'd see it in a podcast or in a YouTube video. And uh, again, you're just setting the example, man. You're showing that that's, you know, that's how you, you get it done and you doing that practice every day for a year. And now look where you are. And it's all about the feeling. We have to actually feel these things. Um, I think truly in order for them to manifest into our lives. So thank you for that example, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Joe Dispenza. I, I learned a lot of stuff like uh, about visualization from him. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done one of his meditations, but I've, I've had some pretty uh, wild effects from it. Yeah. I, yeah. We, he has the one uh, where 
you're um it's like you're right you're sitting there and then you are as you're as you're breathing up you're tightening from the base of you and you're kind of like squeezing this is one one of the things he does you're kind of like squeezing within your body your energy up and while you're doing that internally and physically you're actually also doing it with your mind because where attention goes is where energy flows so when you're paying attention to that is creating the energy to go up. And what he teaches is that you're connecting and opening up your pineal gland. Yeah. Which allows us to, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dispenza is the man. He's so good. Uh, Kyle, man, you're just, you're inspirational, buddy. I'm, I'm so grateful that we were introduced and that I'm able to have any sort of a help in sharing your story and who you are and what you're doing because you're giving people hope and hope is, I mean, it's so important. And, um, Kyle, the question that I ask every single guest on the, on the podcast, um, and everyone who listens knows where this is going. Uh, so, you know, in me wanting to do, you know, not wanting to in me going and doing speeches, it's not, it's not like an ego thing. It's not me. It's, I am, I am love and I am kindness and I want to go show that to people and give people hope and allow them to know that they can live happier, more peaceful, more love-filled lives, right? So this has to do with it as well. In the goal of myself and Spread Love Movement, it is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet, to be in a place that's more one and more loving and more kind and more together uh, one that's just more understanding and accepting of each other. It's just such a beautiful consciousness and a beautiful reality that I know that we can live in. Um, so Kyle, what do you feel like you are doing every day in order to aid in this shift of consciousness? To aid in the consciousness. Um, I think me personally, just being vulnerable just sharing my story, sharing this, not even just the stuff that's happening in the past, but stuff that happens now. I, I think that's the most powerful stuff to share is the, the vulnerable stuff, especially even some of the more recent stuff, because that stuff's even, and even scarier because you haven't had enough time to process it or, you know, not as much time, I should say rather. And I think just that's why I wanted to share that story with you um, a few minutes ago was like, just recently, I just had this problem. Like I was, you know, scared of the unknown. I didn't know how to go about that because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm like this, like, I, like I've said before, this outlier human being or like this, this like superhuman who's like perfect mental health, never anxious. Like, I don't want anyone to think that's, well, one that's even possible, but I just want people to realize that, you know, just, you know, it's, it's stuff's going to happen, but there's ways to put different routines, different practices in your life and just have this, you know, like you said, this, this consciousness that you, you are love, like you are amazing. Like you are confident whether you believe it or not. And like you said before, this all exists in ourselves. Just we haven't found it. We haven't, we haven't figured out how to access it. Or rather, you know, if you're listening, you may not have figured out how to access it, but I promise you it exists. 
you just have to bring consciousness to it and that stuff exists and there's ways to get to it. And I hope that through this uh, episode, it's uh, opened some doors for some people and, you know, some light bulbs were turned on and like, oh, okay, that little, that shift, that's what I need. Because like I said, a month ago, that's that one little awareness shift that I need was I need to bring consciousness to like I was running away from fear and I didn't realize I was doing it. And once you realize it, like, cool, that's first step. Now, what are you going to do? Let's take action on it. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. It's like it's leading by example. It's being the best version of, of Kyle that you can be and sharing your story. And I love that, man, being vulnerable. Being vulnerable to me is just is, is speaking your truth and being who you truly are. And by you, Kyle, being who you truly are and being vulnerable, that is truly how you're going to help people and how you're going to bring help people be brought from a lower vibration to a higher vibration. And that is truly, I believe, how we help shift the consciousness of the planet by being the example, by being the higher vibration so that other people can see it and have their awareness be brought to it, that it's within them as well, right? It's not even about like, hey, this is it. This is what you have to do. It's like, Kyle, by you just being you and you doing you, people are going to notice that, right? They're going to understand that, wow. And I love how you said that too, Kyle. You're like, I'm not anything, anything, too, anything special or outside of the spectrum. It's like, I'm just like you. Right. And when you can say it like that, it allows people to see themselves in you and it allows themselves to see Kyle and be like, Kyle, you know, Kyle was able to do this. It gives me hope. And I know that now I'm able to do this as well. And again, it's all about lifting our vibration. And because when people are down on themselves and, and self loathing, and it's a lower vibration. And when Kyle, you can show where you came from to where you are now in your vulnerability of your story and of your journey and of your path to get here. It, again, it just shows people what's possible and it shows them that like they are able to also live in a higher vibration and be in a better state. Cause that's what it's all about. It's about us all individually being in a better place, being happier, being kinder to ourselves and others and having, you know, being in a, in a good mind, in a good mindset, and also having a good heart. And I really feel like that is how we're going to shift the consciousness because it is each individual person. It's one by one. And that's even when I ask the question or when I say like, you know, my, my goal is to, is to help, is to help shift the consciousness because I, I can't do it by myself. Kyle, you can't, it's not a thing that can be done by one person and I'd say, okay, cool. I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to shift the consciousness, consciousness of the planet. It's like, we have to just be our true self and, and show people um, what is possible and understand that it's each individual person. And you nailed this, man. It's like bringing their awareness to it. And it's each individual person that has to take the step and do it on their own. We can't force them or make them. We can just mm -hmm. be our best self and show them what's possible so that they can, again, see that it is possible for them as well. And it's something that they can also achieve and get to. My dude, this is great, Kyle. If um, I know we talked about the podcast, but if you, again, can just, you know, mention the name of the podcast and let people know where they're able to find you online, on social media, 
um, just so they can get in touch with you, ask you questions if they want to, uh, maybe have you uh, do a speaking engagement for them, whatever it might be. But if you can just give people just a quick idea of where they can find you. Yeah, so the name of the podcast is The Social Ninjas. Um, I'm pretty much just Social Anxiety Kyle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And yeah, and then my website is, um, you guessed it, socialanxietykyle.com. <laughs> so you can find me on there as well. Good stuff, man. This has been great. Kyle, I, I know, you know, we've now chatted just a couple times, but I'm so proud of you. And I really, really am. And I'm so grateful and thankful for you coming on and sharing your story and inspiring people and bringing more hope into this world. It's what's needed and it's so important. And uh, I'm just super grateful for you, man. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Like I said, I think vulnerability is how we, you know, bring more consciousness to the world. And so just every time I get to get on a podcast and be vulnerable with a, a new audience, I think it's just one uh, baby step in the right direction. Yes, vulnerability is the best. Uh, everybody, thank you for uh, hanging with me and Kyle for a little bit. Um, reach out to Kyle. I mean, if you're um, facing any sort of social anxiety, which I feel like a lot of people are, I mean, the, the steps that Kyle gave, the things that he's done in his life to help get him to where he is, pick his brain, reach out to him. Don't let fear overtake you and not reaching out to him. Choose love. Kyle's an awesome guy. I'm sure he'd love to help you. Uh, so definitely give him a shout. Uh, and again, thank you for just being here with us. Love everybody so much. And I uh, can't wait to see everybody again next time. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you.